welcome to the Red Rain Podcast. Here is your host from Revenge of the Birds, Walter Mitchell. Thank you, Kyle Little Rock, Ledbetter. Uh, welcome back, Cardinal fans. It was an entertaining game. Talk about that in relation to the roster decisions the Cardinals need to make. So, because boy, oh boy, I mean, what compounds this current roster situation are the um, number of injuries the Cardinals are going to have to account for when they when they make their cut down to 53 for players that some of which some of whom probably won't be available week one or even week two. And some of these injuries, we don't even know of the severity of like the Antonio Hamilton uh, injury or illness or whatever we have going there. Um, but if the Cardinals plan to keep some of these injured players um, and then, um, you know, place them on the IR, a designated IR, the next day on Wednesday, um, you know, they're going to have to keep them on the roster, the 53 man. Uh, and because there's so many of them, um, you know, these roster decisions are going to be very, um, very critical. Um, you know, I, I'm wrapping my head around it. But the first thing that comes to mind are the quarterbacks. Like, I don't think you can afford to keep three on the initial cuts um, because of all the other IR possibilities and players you have to, to, to save on the roster to be able to designate them to the IR the next day. And then you can add players back. So because you can add players back, you could take one of those quarterbacks uh, providing that he, he passes through waivers. And, you know, I mean, both quarterbacks showed flashes of real good things in Cliff's offense. Uh, McSorley, you know, all three games came out um, pretty strong right out of, you know, off the kickoff. And um, he did a lot of good things. And he showed that uh, the kind of uh, mobility that Cliff likes in the offense and playmaking ability on the run. But he also went through, it was kind of streaky. Um, uh, uh, you know, it, it was hard, difficult for him to sustain his accuracy and he, uh, particularly under pressure, which is, you know, I mean, name of the game in the NFL. So, but I don't, at first, after his first game, I thought he could be someone, another team would I as a, as a roster guy. But after the last two weeks, I'm, I don't, I think, uh, it would be surprising to me if if uh, if Trace McSorley were claimed, you know, um, you know, he he is on the fourth year of his rookie contract, so that wouldn't be a problem. But uh, but having him on a roster when he hasn't even practiced um, and making a roster commitment to him because other teams have the same dilemmas uh, that the Cardinals do, and um, so I think with McSorley and Jared Guarantano, who you know, I mean, here's here's one of the first real dilemmas because this, this is going to pop up as a as a as a theme throughout. Is that who gives the Cardinals more upside in the long term? 
<clears throat> I mean, the short term, if you had to have a guy start a game for you in the regular season, you'd want McSorley. But in the longer term, it looks to me like Garantano has more upside um, and, and can provide more upside for the Cardinals. And, you know, he's an undrafted rookie. So, you know, chances are you can have him for four years. Um, whereas Trace McSorley um, is now in his final year of his rookie contract. The Cardinals have Colt McCoy signed through next year. So it wouldn't appear that McSorley would be now quarterback two next year. So he's likely to move on um, and go to a situation where he has a better chance to be a QB two and guarantee his spot on a, on a roster. So given that, I mean, those scenarios, I mean, it would seem to me that, you know, Jared Garantano, who I can't imagine anyone promoting him to a roster right now. I mean, he's, he's you know, he needs to be developed, and a practice squad would be a perfect place for him to develop. So, I mean, if I were the Cardinals, I would risk those two um, waiver scenarios in the quarterback room because, uh, you know, I mean, it's just going to be the, – the injuries are compounding as we speak. I mean, there are a number of injuries last night I'll talk, talk about in a minute that also compound the situation. So – Going over to the running back situation, I mean, again, you got a younger player in in Keontae Ingram, who uh, was leading rusher last night, sixty one yards. Thought he did a really nice job. Um, uh, he's a physical player, and uh, he's gotten his feet wet on special teams too. They've been using him quite a bit. Terry's you look at him up. and look at you know Benjamin, who's in the last year of his contract, who played really well last night, and nobody. Nobody wants to see Eno get cut. But is Eno a legitimate um, waiver claim? I don't think he is. Uh, he, he hasn't. I think there are going to be other running backs out there who've been more productive. But if you want to keep Eno, then the question becomes do you keep Ingram or Jonathan Ward? And Jonathan Ward's special teams, you know, can he take that role from, from Ward? And I think it's possible. But Ward is one of the injured guys. He's got a AC joint, either bruise or um, um, a sprain or something going on there. I, I don't know if he'd be ready for week one. Is he a guy that you need to commit a roster spot to because you want him to come back from that injury and be take up his old role? Now, up until yesterday, by far, Jonathan Ward was the most productive running back you know, in the preseason, I mean, he had like, uh, I mean, if you add his 90 yards of kickoff returns, I mean, to his uh, 79 yards of, of rushing and receiving plus two touchdowns. I mean, he was, he was head and shoulders above all the other running backs in terms of production. And he looked good on kickoff return. Remember the long one he busted against the Ravens? Um, we know he's one of the better special teams players. You know what you're getting there. And uh, Ward's versatility was on display against the Ravens big time. And Ward also led the running backs in touchdowns with two. You know, that's a guy I think they're, they want to keep. But now the 
if you have to give a roster spot to him, can you risk waving Ingram? I don't know if you can. That's one guy that makes me a little nervous because, uh, you know, he's got the package and he's a rookie um, and there's a lot of value there. I don't think Eno would get claimed. I think you can risk that one. Ward, I mean, you can't wave him injured. You'd have to do something about that. So that, listen, I don't think any of us want to be the ones making the decision on the running back room because it's been the issue all along. You know, Darrell Williams played well and limited snaps last night. And, you know, had a really good run up the middle, a rugged run that, for like eight yards that, that was a, you know, a showcase of his abilities. Um, he's a good player. And, you know, but here again, I mean, I think if you're going to protect the future the, and, you know, Ingram would be the pick over Darrell Williams. I mean, Williams is on a one-year deal. It's all fully guaranteed. It's not for much, but. You know, Ingram's a guy you can have around for four years, um, and he looks like a real fit in the offense. Um, so, again, it, it, it's, it's a situation between an older vet um, or a younger young buck who looks like he's got tons of ability and you can groom him and, and um, you know, move him along. Oh, boy, I think you, you have to lean towards Ingram in that case. So... We'll see what happens there. That's going to be interesting. That's one of the first things to look at. I think it's possible they could wave a couple of them and try to get away with it because I think they'd want all four of them somehow, um, some way, if they can work it out. And if they can, you know, pull the strings properly to do that, that would be, a, you know, the best scenario. You could still come away with all four, four of them between the active roster and the practice squad, which these days you can promote guys from week to week um, when you're going to use them. So the tight end situation, uh, you know, we never really saw Steven Anderson, which says to me that he's really not on the bubble um, and it hasn't been. And I haven't felt like he would be all along because he's so valuable as a utility, um, you know, like, uh, Swiss Army knife, tight end, H back, full back. Um, you know, it's disappointing that uh, that Trey McBride was not featured at all, really, in the offense once he got back for the last two games. Now that's probably part and parcel with not being able to practice for a couple weeks there when he was nursing a back injury. So you know, but I don't think it's more than likely. I mean, they're not going to waive Trey McBride, but I don't know if he'll be active for a few weeks. But we don't we don't know about Max Williams either. I mean, he's a guy they're not going to move away from. He's a guy that also probably won't be ready week one. He's probably going to be an IR designee. So it's it's quite possible the Cardinals will keep all four and protect all four um, of the tight ends. Of course, Zach Ertz, he's injured too with a calf injury. I mean, these injuries are, you know, make you wonder. Now, if he can't go week one, although he's got two weeks to get ready for that, and Williams can't go, then you'd have to go with McBride and with uh, with Steven Anderson. 
So I think keeping all four is key there. Interesting, too, last night that Chris Pierce, um, they didn't play him in the game. And uh, I think he's a sneaky guy that I think they really, really like. I mean, he's physical. Um, he's, you know, he's a converted wide receiver at Van, you know, from Vanderbilt who came, must have come with a great recommendation from David Ray, the former Cardinals wide receiver coach under Cliff, who left last year to become the OC at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, now this is a guy I think they probably didn't want him to show up too much on tape this week. Um, because I think they probably they're hoping to pass him through waivers and get him re-signed to the practice squad, so he's in the mix there too. And Bernhard Sekovitz got to give that guy a ton of credit. But the good news for him is that you know he does get another practice squad exemption this year, um, and it makes total sense to keep grooming him because you know Max Williams on a one-year deal and Sekovitz is a blocking tight end, you know. Let's keep him in the fold, and maybe you're going to need him at some point this year to be that blocking tight end. Um, and he's worked hard, and he's made tons of improvement. He looks like he can belong, um, big and physical. Uh, so that's going to be – I have a feeling we're going to see four tight ends protected on the roster. Um, I don't think they're going to wave Steven Anderson. That would be – particularly in light of the injuries in the position. Um, I think all along they've really liked what they've seen. He's had a great camp, scoring a lot in the red zone too, so in camp. So now the wide receiver situation, which is fascinating now because, you know, Andy Isabella's made it pretty clear. I mean, first of all, his statement this uh, preseason has been, I mean, awesome to put it in a word. Seeing on Twitter last night, guys, discrediting Andy for doing this against the level of competition. I mean, how often are we going to, like, discredit, you know, like, make excuses when guys um, are doing well? I mean, that's one thing that really sticks in my craw is, like, you know, you got to do it somewhere. This is the only platform he's had. And talk about Carpe Diem. I mean, this kid came in there and took this thing by the horns. And he's clear. And and using Isabella's impact on this offense could be, you know, really, really dynamic this season. If you use him the way you did in these games. I mean, he had four PI penalties for over 100 yards. Almost everything he caught of all of his receptions, and I think he had like 15 or so, um, like 11 of them went for first downs. number of them went for chunk yard plays. How about the chunk yard play last night? And, you know, I mean, to discredit at all for what he did and to, you know, um, reestablish how talented he is not only to the Cardinals, but to the rest of the NFL, deserves, you know, five stars. What a, what a stellar performance. And it speaks volumes to his character, which if you've understood him as a person all along, he is rolling in character. Um, 
you know, this is a, he's not going to take no for an answer. He said to the Cardinals, you're not going to break me. And I, I he, they're not. And I think he put it to the Cardinals pretty plainly after the game yesterday, last night. He just said, look, if you're going to play me here, I'd love to stay. I love it in Arizona. I'm, you know, stay in a heartbeat. But if you're not going to play me, let me go to a place where I can play. I just want to play. And after four years of being in purgatory, uh, three years, and then now in his fourth season, he deserves that. And um, I'm in the camp of keep him and play him. I mean, I'm drooling at the thought of a three-wide receiver set with uh, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, and Andy Isabella. Are you kidding me? I mean, who gets the slowest guy in the matchup? I want to know, for one. Now you have an instant mismatch. I mean, you have these guys running the mesh plays with their speed. Oh, my God. I mean, and then Cliff loves to run three go routes, four go routes. And what's really good about this now is that Kyler's going to be practicing with this kind of speed consistently. So maybe we don't throw under throw Isabella anymore. Maybe we stick the ball on him earlier. Like last night, it was frustrating. You know, like even on out passes, they're a tad late, and so he's out of bounds. With Isabella, you got to throw just as he's making his break. I mean, it's with him, it's timing, and you know, it's safe. I mean, nobody can can jump a route that where that's that quick. Or almost nobody. I mean, I don't know of too many. I mean, unless they got totally lucky, but. But, yeah, I mean, assuming that he gets the leverage and you know which way he's going to go, you can put it on him right away, anytime. And look at last night. When he did catch the ball in space, he was turning the corner big time and juking guys and, and um, running for major rack yards. But this is a guy, I would say this. See, again, here's a situation where, you know, where would you put him in the pecking order right now without Hopkins? I mean, first of all, I know the love for Greg Dortch is, is warranted, and it's great he's going to be on the team and he's going to be the punt returner. But Isabella offers you more than Dortch does. I mean, Dortch doesn't have – like last night, he it was like – he had like four catches, but on like eight targets or something like that. I mean, if that's a function of, you know – of not having the kind of speed that Andy does. Now, that's not to take away from Dorch. I mean, particularly if if you've got speedsters on the field and Dorch is being played by a linebacker, now you've got a huge mismatch. But Dorch and Isabella are beautifully complementary players, as we've seen in the in the in the preseason. Beautifully. And they they, you know, that's perfect. So I mean, playing the both of them, I think, would be really important. I mean, I was sort of happy about that they re-signed A.J. Green from the standpoint of continuity. But I don't think A.J. Green gives the offense the kind of impact that Isabella would. I mean, I don't think he's going to get the kind of P.I.s, for one. But I, I don't discount Green either. I think that, you know, Green will have an excellent role as like a X wide receiver or Y um you know, wide to right, wide receiver or wide left used in the Hopkins role or whatever, that's that would be good for him. 
But maybe here's the novel idea. Maybe Cliff starts subbing in guys at receiver to keep him fresh. You know, he, he, some whatever reason he's loath to do that, or the, Sean Jefferson has been loath, or the previous wide receiver coaches have been loath to do that. That's maybe one of the reasons why we're not crisp at the end of the year, because you playing all these guys like AJ Green hit a bit of a wall towards the end of the season. I mean, it was it was clear. Um, he played too many snaps. The same thing with Marcus Golden. At their ages, you've got to put them on a pitch count, which would be perfect for the Cardinals to be able to integrate Isabella and Dorch into this offense. They both should be have vital roles. You know, with now adding Marquise Brown, and you've got Rondale Moore. My goodness. I mean, the speed and rack ability that you got in those four guys, with Dorch included, you know, and then it, you know, then also you're going to occupy the safety so that when AJ Green does play, he's going to be man on man. He's not going to have, they're not going to devote, you know, over the top help for AJ Green. And that's where he can be really successful too. So, you know, but, um, I want to give a shout out to Victor Bolden, who made a Rondell Morris catch yesterday. He had some ups and downs in the preseason, but this kid has feet. And I, I think if a team is desperate for a returner, he might get waived. But other than that, I think he clears and the Cardinals resign him immediately to the practice squad. And I think they like Kirkland and Peyton. I mean, one of those two probably would stick. I'm Bocelli has been injured injured so i'm not sure how how long he'll be out but he's been on the practice squad for a while and he brings speed as well but then you know but the cardinals really do have to commit to andy or not you know i mean if cliff's looking down the line and they're if they're calling him wide receiver six then forget it you got to trade him you got to do right by him um, and do right by the club because this cannot continue and um, and should not, not after what he's he's shown uh, this this preseason. I mean, he shows that no one can cover him. <laughs> I mean, you'll say, all right, they're second and third stringers, but those guys are pros for a reason. I mean, they're not lacking for speed or this and that. It's just and Andy's doing it in practice on a regular basis. He did it against the Titans, and then you know, Jared Garantano hit him for a deep bomb um, over. Um, one of the Titans cornerbacks at the control practice. I mean, this has been going on the entire preseason. If you can't use with that kind of dynamic speed and, you know, he's a PI flag waiting to happen every time. I mean, think of how many of those drives were sustained by PIs and he got ripped off from one PM, which was one of the most obvious PIs that was taken back. Um, you know, in the in the first game when when uh, you know the, they played the Bengals, but yeah, look at all the PIs in three games that he got. I mean, it should have been five. So um, you know, it's very impressive. Um, so now let's move to the offensive line, where again injuries are really uh, making this nerve wracking. Justin Pugh has a stinger. I mean, Cody Ford filled in 
at left guard and looked really good last night. I think they traded for him because not only is Pugh's situation, you know, dicey now with the stinger, you know, Pugh himself said that, you know, he's, he wanted to switch to center because he's lighter now. He's playing lighter than he normally, you know, plays. Um, and I don't know, you know, when you've contemplated retirement, you know, I don't know what's going on with Pew necessarily, but I, you know, and he also made some remarks of like he's maxed out at guard at this point in his career. So that made me nervous to hear that from him. Um, although knowing him and the kind of competitor he is, once he gets rolling and, you know, uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be a, do really well like he did last year. Um, you know, he's a, he's a savvy pro and he's a leader. So, uh, but you got Cody Ford there now, if just in case you also had Mark, uh, Marquise Hayes, but he's injured, um, and out for a while from what I understand, um, a few weeks, um, with the, with a knee. Um, so that's a dicey situation. Then you have Justin Murray. Yeah, you have Rodney Hudson coming back from retirement. He hasn't played much. They've been nursing him back. Um, he did reappear in practice this week, which is great. We don't know what's going on with there. You have to keep Sean Harlow without a doubt. I mean, that's a given. Lasitas Smith, Lasitas came in and, you know, played third string center. And he made some strides there. He's, you know, I think he's he's got a future there. Um, if from what position and they groom him. But I don't know if you can have all these other offensive linemen and protect Lasita Smith on the 53-man, original 53-man roster. I'm not sure you can do that. I think ideally you'd want to, but I'd, at this point, because his development as a center is, is it's key right now, he's not ready for to play center in a regular game. I think he passes through waivers. And I think you can re-sign on the practice squad and pull him up if and when you need him from the practice squad. So, but the other thing that's, you know, kudos to Josh Jones and Joshua Miles for playing the entire game last night. It's, it, it, it dawned on me, boy, if if you have to play them the entire game, what happens? You know, where our depth at tackle now is pretty thin um i think coda martin can can play some ta right tackle if need be cody ford could if need be although i don't think they'd want to do that necessarily but i think they could um justin Pugh has played tackle in a pinch so but still i mean it would be great if you could keep both josh jones and joshua miles however joshua miles was in a walking boot at the end of the game and so now that situation's murky, but fortunately Josh Jones um, made it through all right, and um, he played a heck of a game again. He's been a star. Uh, he's one of the major reasons why the Cardinals' offense this preseason has been productive. He's been very steady. His PFF grades are outstanding, and uh, this is a very encouraging sign um, for the future. Um, if he's not a starter next year, something's a matter. Um, I mean, you, they got to pave the way for this, um, for him for next year at right tackle. 
if TJ Humphrey's staying and playing left tackle, you got to do it. Um, you owe it to the kid and to the program. This is a guy you invested a third round draft pick in. So, but those decisions are going to be really tough because you're going to have to protect some of these guys that you're not going to have week one and you're going to designate them for IR like Pew, like Hayes. Um, now I don't know what the situation will be with, uh, with, um, Joshua Miles being injured, you know, what would they do there? Um, you know, if they put him on the IR now, he's done for the year. Um, you know, if they could waive him injured, I think that's what they'd probably do. And then probably re-sign him once he's healthy again. Um, but maybe that's actually a blessing in disguise for the Cardinals, not for Joshua Miles, but that was one guy I thought had a chance to be claimed off waivers, but now that he's injured, I don't think anyone will claim him. Um, but I thought he had a, a decent chance because tack, they don't come around. Good ones don't come around too often. And when he's played, he's played pretty well. You know, he's had a couple glitches here and there, but all young tackles do. I mean, you know, if you judge them on their worst plays, you'd never play anyone. So, and I like the kid a lot. I think he's, he's got, you know, he'd be a great guy to have his swing tackle for next year behind DJ and Josh. That would be a wonderful scenario if they could pull that off. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting set of choices there of who they protect on the 53 and who they don't. It would seem Justin Murray would probably be given an injury settlement, settlement at this point, and the Cardinals could recover some money on the cap from him. Um, you know, he's got, uh, Oh, what does he have? Um, I think it's, a, they can recover more than 2 million on the cap from him. Um, yeah, 2.3 million with a dead cap of 3,333 K. So, well, that's too bad for Justin Murray because he was really a valuable swing piece and, and decent starter when called upon, but he hasn't been able to play. And Cardinals in the interim have brought in Cody Ford, and they've they've got young players they really like. So um, Justin Murray's probably going to get a some sort of a an injury settlement, like soon, like today, even or tomorrow. Moving over to the defense. You know, what's really interesting up front is two players, Jonathan Ledbetter, who's just a model of consistency. He's had, he's earned a roster spot, no doubt. Um, he's the one who, you know, he sh keeps showing up. But then you also have Manny Jones, who, oh my God. I mean, if I'm Manny Jones' agent, I have these plays of his that's preseason queued up. And I'm going to send it around the league if he gets waived. I mean, this guy shows up with a bang. I mean, his physical traits. How about the chase plays where he's tackling running backs from behind, from across the field? I mean, coming out of the picture and baboom. I mean, he did that like two or three times this preseason. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. On Malik Wilson's long run last night, he gave it good chase for a little while. I mean, he's not going to keep up with that speed, but he gave it all he had. 
but he's got legs, man, and and strength. I mean, that play that he blew up, he had, what, two tackles for loss last night? Again, I mean, I think he had five on in the preseason, and he had a sack yesterday. I mean, if you're looking down at a future player, I mean, the most – the one who jumps out on tape more than anyone this preseason is Manny Jones. I mean, you know, the guy is very, very talented. He's got feet and he's got strength. What I think he, you know, and, and he plays to the whistle and he hustle. He's a hustler. He's a baller. You know, and I, given the choice between Ledbetter and Manny Jones, I mean, the we don't know what's going to, the future's going to hold for Ledbetter in Arizona, but having Manny Jones for four years sounds awfully attractive. I mean, there were a couple of times this preseason, I thought I was watching Eric Swan again with his size and speed. I mean, Swan, for those of you around, you know, when Eric Swan was playing, oh my goodness. I mean, he's not as bulky as Swan, but, you know, get him in the, get him in the training regiment. I mean, this guy could be a dynamo in there with his athleticism and his, you know, um, you know, I, 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 there were a couple plays, bust up plays that he made. He looked like Reggie white. I mean, I know that's such a stretch and obviously I'm not comparing Manny Jones to Reggie white, but he looked flash like it, that kind of athleticism and, and, um, you know, finishing on the ball and the explosiveness and then the chasing downfield. just so impressive. Then you got Antoine Woods, Christian Ringo. Uh, Woods, I think, outplayed Ringo um, last couple games, and I think would be a piece they'd really like to keep. Um, I think that you know he's a veteran, so he can pick where he goes. But um, if he gets waived, and I think he will, I think Ringo will too, and I'll, I think they'll hope to get one of them back um, to be on the practice squad that they can move up on game days. Um, unless, you know, and then you've got Lecky Foto nursing an injury. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I was thinking, could Michael Dogby be waived? And, but that would be a tough one, um, because of the progress he's made in the program and everything. And he only got limited run this preseason, which tells me that he's a lock, but, you know, and Michael Dogby's an undersized, you know, defensive tackle in the Cardinals system through 34 defensive end. And, um, but he's got pass rushing abilities and he's, you know, at the top of his, his game right now. And, you know, you want to, he's a baller, you want, and he's a really good tackler. So you want a guy like that. And then of course there's Matt rule, his old coach who would probably claim him in a minute. So, um, you know, like he did with Reddick. So, or signed Reddick, got him in there as soon as he could. So, um, yeah, I think the five they have in place are pretty much set. Now the question is, do you add a six in Ledbetter or Manny Jones? And if it were me, I'd, I'd take Manny Jones. I'd hope to get Ledbetter passed through waivers. I'd also try to assure him that when we do get a chance to promote him to the roster, we would, like last year. So, um, you know, he's got a history of doing that with us. So I think that could work out. And Antoine Woods, I think, would be fine coming back and <clears throat> getting game day checks when uh, we need a, 
you know, a, a nose, another nose tackle behind Rashad Lawrence. So, but really excited to get JJ Watt back and Zach Allen. Zach Allen, I guess, had a wonderful week, a wonderful practice, controlled practice against the Titans. They said he was hugely disruptive. That's uh, that's awesome to hear that. And I think he, from all in, all indications are, he had the corrective surgeries this off season about his ankle and everything, and he's now back to full hundred percent health, and he's trained like a, you know, a D A W G dog uh, this off season with JJ Watt and others to like get himself in the tip top shape. Entering the season it should be fascinating to see what he brings to the table this year and pick up where he left off last year. Then uh, at outside linebacker, you know, you got the six guys that I think are pretty much set. You got Golden, who hasn't practiced since August first, who's probably holding in. Uh, a resolution will need to come on that sometime soon. Then you got Gardick, and then you got Devin Kennard, who's contract is fully guaranteed and then you've got cam thomas who showed up big time with two sacks last night that was very encouraging then you got my jay sanders and victor dimikuje dimikije excuse me um you know that looks like the six but then uh, compounding that is jesse lakita who's you know this guy is another you know stick of dynamite and it'd be really hard to waive him and have to worry because some teams use the waiver wire to address their special teams. And if they see a guy who's a flat-out baller like the Patriots do, that's why the Patriots have Justin have had Justin Bethel the last few years. I mean, they, they look for um, real good um, physical special teams players. He fits their mold. So the question becomes, I mean, they can't afford to keep seven, protect seven, I wouldn't think. Although unless Jeff Rogers bangs the table for him and says we got to have him. I mean, I don't know who you let go of or wave. I mean, Victor Demikije was just fantastic this, this preseason. I mean, you know, he's probably likely going to be behind... Um, Marcus Golden on his side in the pass rush rotation, and then Gardeck and Thomas and Sanders on the other side. And Sanders could work both sides. So, um, and you know, uh, Devin Kennard is is the run stopper, uh, deluxe the goal line and on first downs, second downs. Um, so, you know that that one's all along been been um, you know a hard one to predict because of the added um, presence of Jesse Lucada, who I watched him a lot last night, man, he is a banger on every, I mean, he brings it every play and yeah, you know, I want to keep him for four years and find a way to do it. I'm just going to be praying if they wave him that um, no one's paying attention. Um, the, the, the reason why he's got a chance is nobody's, you know, he's kind of a tweener. Um, he's a little small to play defensive end and the Cardinals weren't playing him as an off the ball linebacker. He's not, um, you know, he didn't time well in the 40, um, you know, I think he had a four, eight. So, 
projecting as an outside linebacker in coverage with being at, at um, 4.8, it may be really tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, but for special teams, and I think in special situations, he could be a situational blitzer. He could be a situational edge guy. Um, I think he could take over, certainly take over um, Devin Kennard's role as an edge guy in the goal line next year or if canard is out for a game or two this year he could he could fill it if you activate him from the practice squad or if you keep him on the roster so but he's a guy i'd love to see somehow some way the cardinals hold on to that inside linebacker um you know i'm counting uh isaiah simmons with the safeties um you know the the story of camp was chandler wooten and he still is I mean, he led the team in tackles again yesterday. And I don't know why he didn't get more run in the first half. He earned it. Um, he's he's better than any of the guys they put out there, other than Zayvon Collins. Um, has more upside physically, instinctively. Um, you know, he's a guy who has put the romance back into – running downhill to the football for one. And he looks to, to have um, good instincts and athleticism in, in pass coverage, as we've seen, which the others don't have nearly as much, except maybe Ben Neiman, who played really well last night. And I think he'd be a great guy to get, get on the practice squad and pull him up when we need him. Um, he made real strides over the course of three games in the last time. Um, and his splits were good too and timed and he was getting tip passes. He was, he was making good plays. Um, Zeke Turner counted, you know, did a good job of playing. It's, it's too bad. It wasn't uh, Collins and Wooten from the start. Cause I don't, I don't know how much the coaches believe in Turner to play him next to Collins during the regular season, but, but um, Turner is, an aggressive player and he's physical and I, I don't think he hurts you too much. Uh, I don't know if he has the, that extra sort of sense or feel for the position. Um, but you know, he's, he's a viable depth player there and he's really good on special teams. So he's a guy you'd want to keep. Tanner Vallejo got in there last night and of course made a couple plays right off the bat his role in the goal line defense is so solid. I mean, you've got to keep him in that role, I think. Um, in fact, I think they got a guy with him in Wooten. If they could put Wooten and Vallejo in those roles. Oh, oh, my goodness. Um, but, uh, you know, it just still is unbelievable to me that we saw nothing. The coaches not play Nick Vigil. And I mentioned this on Revenge of the Birds in an article. I put his PFS stats last year, which were not greats, were not good. And how this guy gets a pass, I don't know if he's secretly injured. Although I did see he was on the field in seven-on-sevens um, versus the Titans. So so he's been around. They're protecting him. For, I don't know why. Particularly when you got a young guy in there who's looking the part. I mean, it would seem just so wrong to me that Nick Vigil makes the 53 
and Chandler Wooten gets cut. If that happens, uh, that just it just makes pure folly out of the preseason. Like it doesn't matter because this is a kid Wooten who could, who's a baller. He's a leader. He was a captain leader at Auburn. I mean, he was an unsung player there. This kid gets it. He's you know, and he's got a feel for the position. He's got some length to him. He's got some quickness to the ball, especially. So, you know, if Wooten doesn't make the team in favor of, you know, and you can't, I'm sorry, but you can't keep Wooten over Turner either. I mean, I love Turner and I think he deserves to make it, but you know, there's really, you know, if you're going to play a game tomorrow, who do you want next to Zabin Collins? If uh, Vigil's not there, uh, well, I don't care if Vigil's there. I already think Wooten's probably better um, than than Vigil. I mean, sp- particularly Vigil with his. Well, inside linebackers don't have to run down to the downhill to the ball much anymore. Oh, really? Who taught you that, Billy Davis? And that's why I'm losing weight because I just want to be faster in pass coverage. Really? You know, oh, my goodness. I don't want to get started on that. I don't really want to get started. You've heard enough of that from me. So I'm going to push forward beyond that and um, and say that I think Wooten, the four inside linebackers I would keep are Collins, Wooten, Vallejo, and Turner. And I... I and I haven't seen anything of Vigil, so I have no idea. I just look in at how he played last year in Minnesota, and it was, you know, go look up his grades. <laughs> I mean, and in coverage, too, struggle. Um, so, I mean, in, in run defense, poor grades. Overall grade, I think, in the 40s. I mean, this is a guy you don't put in at all. I just don't get it. These linebacker coaches, something's got to give here. It's just got to stop. Something's got to give. There's just something just so wrong about what's going on with the inside linebacker coaching um, between both the offensive coordinator and the position coach. It's got to stop. You've got to let these guys play, and you got to let them ball. And you got to say that running downhill to the football is a major requisite for the position. Major. And you better be good at that first before you're good at anything else. All right, rant over. So let's move on. Let's go over to the cornerbacks. Um, I think this is a situation, I'm hoping and guessing what the scenario is, is that come Wednesday, we're going to find out of two signings or a trade and a signing or sometime before that they can announce the day after cuts so that they can, you know, make the, these, you know, they don't have to lose. They don't have to count these guys yet on the 53, but as soon as they sign them, they'll become part of the 53. But by then you can designate the injured guys to um, the IR the, and designate them to return at some point during the season. All right. So, and I have a feeling they've been wink, wink deals all along, probably with Robert Alford being one of them. And maybe with like a Joe Hayden or somebody there, there's, I think for sure, there'll be two guys coming in. 
which means on on the cuts, I think you're going to see certainly um, Byron Murphy, who played great against the Titans uh, in, the, in the controlled scrimmage, um, and which was very encouraging. And then Marco Wilson, they're not going to quit on yet. I mean, they've got a lot invested in him. They got to help, you know, help him get more confident. Now, with Antonio Hamilton, we don't know what this mystery situation is and what it's going to require. But obviously, he's a guy you probably want to stick around if if this is a situation where he could come back. You're probably going to protect him. Beyond that, I don't think they'll keep anyone if they've got two guys in the wings. I mean, Christian Matthew is not ready to play in an NFL game. He plays the cornerback position like a deep safety, which for right now is fine because he's just trying to get his feet wet and get keep things in front of him. But it was interesting that coaches never rolled him up into press. Um, not that I saw too much. Um, they didn't test him out. Um, they didn't play him in trail cover, you know, trail technique. Um, they just had him play soft cushion. And then just make come up and make plays on the ball, which Matthew did well. And then as you know, because he had cushion when they tried to pass deep on him, he was in good position. And he didn't panic and he didn't hold, and he defended those passes well, very well too. Now I don't think there's any chance someone would claim him off waivers. They can see how raw he is. He's not ready to be on an NFL roster yet, but boy, he's got a package of skills that I think that can translate fantastic from year one to year two and he's a guy you want in your practice squad to keep grooming and maybe by mid-season if you get him working the press and doing the other things in practice and he's honing down the techniques and he's looking good in practice and then you can you know promote him but i don't think they're going to keep a roster spot on him nor josh jackson other kid you could resign to the practice squad and bring him up when you need to jace whitaker who works hard in the slot. Um, give him a lot of credit. He's just not a good tackler yet. And um, that showed up, uh, unfortunately, um, too often the last few games. Uh, but um, you know, he's got to make those plays, um, you know, and finish them before they get started. Um, he did make a couple. I mean, it's not like he's like Wiggins when we get to the safeties. I mean, Wiggins made a few last night, one huge big bang statement, but by and large, missing tackles left and right. Um, but yeah, those guys who could be practice squad guys, uh, you can continue to try to build on and um, get them integrated into the system, et cetera. But we need two quality cover corners. who are going to come in here and have two weeks to get ready for the chiefs. And uh, hopefully uh, that, that has been the plan all along, which is why so many of us are shaking our heads going like, you know, um, delay a game, <laughs> you know, on Steve Kahn. I mean, well, I made a remark last week of, you know, watching Steve Kahn sign cornerbacks was like watching Vance Joseph um, see Isaiah Likely wide open for um, over 100 yards of offense and not doing anything. Um you know, no adjustments, no nothing. Players not adjusting. Just, uh, you know, hello. <laughs> like, like, um, 
like Pink Floyd. Is anybody in there? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get to that point where it's so frustrating. But I'll tell you this. During the game last night, I thought of two fundamental things. That if the Cardinals don't correct, they don't have a chance to go far in the playoffs if they even get there. One is on offense. You cannot continue on third down and longs to keep a small quarterback at the back of the pocket on a shotgun snap and think you're going to have success with the kind of pressure that teams are, are bringing. And the same thing with McSorley. He couldn't handle it. You can't. Now, if you have a big, rugged guy back there who can see over everyone and can take the hit and deliver like Kurt Warner was... <laughs> You know, and some others, like Carson Palmer was, that's a different thing. But you have to adapt to your personnel, and it's not going to work with smaller quarterbacks. And, in fact, you know, even Aaron Rodgers concedes that because if you watch him in those situations, he waggles off of the snot shot, shotgun snap to create, to move the pocket. You have to move the pocket. You cannot win from that back spot under duress you know, unless you have just amazing hot reads all mapped out when you don't know exactly where those reads are going to be from time to time. Um, so it's too important and down in distance to not get right. So you can't continue to do that. Um, and then on the defensive side, if we still continue to have these wide open receivers, I mean, we don't see it on our end, like our receivers getting wide, wide open. I mean, we see at least the effort, like someone's chasing them, someone's trying to guard them. I mean, how often in Vance Joseph defense do we have to sit there and watch receivers wide, wide open with no one near them? How about last night with Malik Wilson thrown across the, the, the way? I mean, and 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 with, uh, you know, the week before with, with Huntley, when he got out of the pocket and boom, downfield to a guy across the grain, there's nobody. This happened two or three times to the Cardinals in preseason. And I don't want to hear these guys are su substitutes and second and thirds. No, it's a systemic problem that we've been watching year since, you know, all three years. And it gets worse as the season goes on. And this has got to stop. You've got to get hat on a hat and cover people. If you can't do it in zones, don't play zones. And if you do it in man, you've got to dog it, and you've got to pick your spots on who you double. You've got to get after it. Be aggressive. It's passive-aggressive defense from linebackers and, safe, and not safeties, at least our safeties ball. But cornerback and linebackers has got to stop. It's got to stop. So, uh, And then on the safety situation, I think you're going to obviously see the trio of Buddha, Jalen, and Isaiah. Um, that's a given. And then um, I think it would behoove them to not save any of the others on the 53 just yet. Um, Wiggins, is the guy they love as a gunner, he's not going to get claimed. You can pull him up as a gunner anytime from the practice squad until he gets his head right again for depth. Because you don't want him playing depth right now. He really is struggling. Um, the guy who really took old, and I, I would love to keep his Tay Daly. 
he was a baller, man. Uh, He's such a so impressive. I mean, this guy's a fit. Unfortunately, he got hurt on the last one of the last on the touchdown run, and his arm was in a sling. Um, apparently, after the game, and so you know, um, man, because I thought he was making a huge roster case, and I would have loved to have keep kept him on the roster. Now they'll have to work something out with the injury and try to get him back on the practice squad because he's got a future here, I believe. I mean, he was the best safety I saw in the Cardinals games this preseason, and it wasn't even close. There was no one else. Deontay Thompson, I don't know where his head is. He just doesn't look like the same player. I don't know if he's nursing an injury or something or just playing it safe. I don't know, but he did not show up um, like he should have. Like a guy in his fourth year here, a guy from Alabama who was an All-American, um, didn't see it from him, and I, I don't think you can keep him. He's not a great special teams player either. He's a decent contributor there, but he's not great. I don't think you, you can um, give a roster spot to him because I don't think he earned it. Daly earned it, not Thompson. So, And then uh, it's good to see Prater. Uh, make his kicks last night. So, you know, that's looking like it's taken form. Andy Lee, um, you know, there's going to be, we saw two punters for the Titans uh, battling things out. I mean, I think they're not going to make a change, so it's not really worth me talking about it. But I think we could upgrade the punting situation if we had to. But Lee's a savvy veteran. Hopefully he doesn't make the kind of mistake he made that was really costly against the Seahawks last year. Um, that was one of the most unfortunate and ill-timed plays of the season. And he had a couple meltdowns in other games. You know, no one's going to be perfect anymore, even if you're a younger guy, too. I get that. But from a veteran, you need it. And, um, you know, he's good with Prater on the holds and all of that, and he's – He's got a great career, might be a Hall of Famer even. So I don't want to push push it too hard on him. I just uh, think he's he's got to play better. I think he probably recognizes it. He's got to be a little more consistent. I mean, his average last year was excellent. It's just the inconsistency that makes you a little bit um, nervous with him. But if he gets back into form and he gets in a groove, He's as good as it gets because he gets hang time and he's, he's, you know, he's quality pro. So, so that's where it is. And, uh, but I think these, the injuries are going to compound this situation. You're going to see guys being kept because they're guys that aren't going to play week one, but they're going to be designated. And then you see a flurry of moves on Wednesday once, uh, you know, players pass waivers, once waiver cl- claims are put in. Cardinals might be it might be difficult for them to get anyone off waivers because they're twenty third in the pecking order, so some of the best free best guys who are waived will probably go before the Cardinals. It kind of behooves the Cardinals to make trades. We'll see if uh, they they're up to that, and uh, it should be a whirlwind. I'll be checking Twitter and and the uh, news feed, the, the sports transaction feeds, um, you know. 20 times an hour. Uh, I don't know if you do too, but you know, it's fascinating to me. I like to stay on top of it. So, um, but uh, wow, it was an exciting preseason. We saw a lot of surprising play from some unsung players 
who we otherwise wouldn't know. I wrote about that this week about um, kudos to Steve Keim, um, to um, Quentin Harris, the director of college scouting and uh, the VP of college scouting and his staff of scouts because, you know, look at what they brought in every year. So I was making the comment every year we have, you know, we see the Cardinals undrafted free agents and list and we go like, dang, don't know any of these guys. And then every year, the guys we don't know show up. And every year, like Dennis Gardick, Dennis Gardick appears or a Zeke Turner or, you know, I mean, it's and a lot of the guys on the Cardinals roster right now who started out as college free agents. So, you know, to think of the guys that these that these scouts added, I mean, Jared Garantano, I love TJ Pledger. I, I think he's probably coming back on a practice squad. I think the Cardinals love him, too. They just wanted to get, you know, wave him early. He probably wouldn't get claimed in that case. So I think he's he probably back. I think they probably like Ronnie Rivers, too, um, So, who was waved a while back. Um, but look at that situation. I mean, um, I love this kid, Chris Pierce, the tight end from Vanderbilt. That was looks like a, you know, um, a diamond in the rough at a potential. How about, I mean, wow, what a preseason he had from, uh, you know, LSU. I mean, he's a he's a nifty receiver and can double as a D-back. I mean, Peyton was good. John T. T Peyton, um, you know, he's, he might stick around on the practice squad. They made some good additions there. Um, you know, and then um, Manny Jones. Oh, my God. Chandler Wooten. Oh, my God. And Tay Daly. Oh, my God. One on each level, which really I believe all three of those kids in earnest earned a roster spot during the preseason from the, the quality of their play. Um, they deserved it. And hopefully they'll be with the Cardinals for the next four years. So that's it for today. Um, we'll be following right along. Um, thank you to Kyle Ledbetter for these, you know, uh, podcasts on off days like a Sunday. But I wanted to do them right after the preseason game the next day, and I hope they've been helpful for you. Um, love to hear your thoughts about the roster, who you keep over whom. Those are all fascinating scenarios, and I think that a lot of arguments can be made one way or the other. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting few days, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope that the Cardinals make the right moves and somehow pull a Houdini and get all the guys they want and keep to be able to keep and add, um, at, obviously, at the cornerback position. So until next time, may the red rain of red and white confetti shower down on you into a red, red sea, red rain. <laughs>